At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 356. On Now You Know. Thanks to Birch for sponsoring today's episode. I just got the Lux mattress by Birch. And Jealous. <laughs> I can see why it's called the Lux. I... I love it. <laughs> you won't stop talking about it's, it. It's so soft and comfortable. I also got Birch's plush organic mattress topper. And uh, man, do I love going to bed every night. <laughs> I thought you'd never say that because as a kid, you hated going to bed every night. It's better for the planet than most other mattresses. We love knowing that we are reducing our environmental impact simply by choosing a mattress that is made with raw materials sourced straight from nature. Right now, Birch is running their 4th of July sale, so you can get 25% off your purchase for a limited time. Check out the Birch site for more details. Birch mattresses are made with organic and natural materials, unlike synthetic mattresses. The wool in Birch mattresses makes it hypoallergenic, both allergen and mildew resistant. Unlike other brands, Birch mattresses do not contain fiberglass, which can be harmful to your health. Other mattress companies use fiberglass as a flame retardant in their products, but Birch owns its own manufacturing facility, which is entirely free from products containing fiberglass. The Birch Lux mattress is actually composed of eight different layers of organic cashmere, organic wool, organic cotton, and 100% natural latex. So the Lux model features an added quilted organic cotton pillow Euro top that relieves pressure points and provides enhanced contouring. In fact, the mattress has over 1,000 individually wrapped steel coils to cradle your body and limit motion transfer. We feel good knowing that Birch is committed to being better for the planet by ensuring that their materials are produced and harvested sustainably. The Birch Lux Natural Mattress has several third-party certifications and is certified by the Global Organic Textile Standard. And the process of getting a Birch mattress is really simple. Just look online, read through the different features, and then select which mattress is best for you. And you can feel confident when you purchase a Birch mattress since you get a 190 sleep trial along with a 25-year warranty. My mattress was shipped right to my door, rolled up in a box, and it was super easy to set up. Shipping is free within the U.S. and they also offer in-home setup and removal to make your buying experience as convenient as possible. Plus, each Birch mattress comes with two of their Eco Rest pillows made from recycled plastic bottles. They're breathable and help keep you cool while you sleep. I 
I love my Birch mattress, and I think you would too. If you're looking for a new bed, check out Birch Living. Their 4th of July sale is running now. It's the perfect time to upgrade your sleep with 25% off a Birch mattress plus two free EcoRest pillows. Click the link down below or go to birchliving.com slash now you know to find out more about this limited time offer. So Tesla has crushed it again. Tesla's official Q2 2023 production and delivery numbers are in with 479,700 vehicles produced and 466,140 vehicles delivered in the quarter. Not only was it way higher than consensus expectations of 448,000, about 5% higher, these sales numbers were the best numbers yet for Tesla in a quarter. So with 888,000 vehicles delivered in the first six months of 2023, Tesla will need to deliver less than a million to meet its goal of 1.8 million for 2023. And I think they can do it. I mean, this was an awesome quarter. I can't wait for their Q2 earnings call, which should be happening later this month. We'll, of course, be covering all of the details that come out on in-depth when that happens. So stay tuned and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our content. So we knew that this was going to happen because Elon said at Tesla's last shareholder day on May 16th that he would listen to shareholders who have been begging Tesla to advertise. Oh, so are we talking about like a big budget car ad with fog machines and helicopter shots of winding roads and a voiceover? Test drive a Model S 3X or Y today at your local Tesla dealership. It's sexy. But actually, you can't test drive one at your local Tesla dealership because Tesla doesn't have dealerships. We have stores, but we don't sell the cars there. You have to buy them online. But then you can pick them up at the store. And, and yes, we also give test drives. But it would be easier for us and better for you if you just asked your buddy Dave, who has a Tesla, to take you for a test drive. Because then he'll be able to tell you all about it. So drive a Tesla and find out what Zach and Jesse have been trying to tell you for the past eight years. Uh, no, Tesla did not make a TV ad. Bummer. Instead, people have spotted these Google ads, uh, mainly in the UK, uh, but also some Tesla solar ads in the US. Google ads? Yeah, so far, people who have spotted them seem to be seeing them when they do Google searches rather than traditional banner ads. I mean, I guess I kind of thought the point of the ads was to tell a story using video, educate people who may have misconceptions about EVs or Teslas being only an expensive car. I mean, when I talk to people who aren't really in our EV Tesla bubble, you know, I get the Teslas are super expensive, aren't they? And but how far can they even go before they run out of charge? Yeah, I get it. And and maybe this is the first step because, I mean, it was literally only a month and a half ago that Elon agreed to do this. Um, it takes time to put together ad campaigns and, and running these Google ads will at least give Tesla data about what people are searching for and how effective certain ads are. I mean, the ads do say things like experience Tesla, long range vehicles with ultra fast charging, explore pricing, browse our online inventory. Yeah. And I hope you're right. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, that I want Tesla to make kind of traditional TV style ads, because I mean, for the longest time, I've been saying I don't think Tesla should advertise. But I think if they are going to do this, and this is a nuanced point here, but people don't know what they don't know. I mean, that's why our channel is called Now You Know, in fact. Hey, that's the name of the show. So traditional TV style ads, when done right, create a meme that sticks in people's heads and it's sticky and it gets past other people. I mean, Take a look at this. The reason why the Where's the Beef commercial from the 1980s is still a cultural reference is because those three words helped Wendy's raise sales by 31% following the campaign. Where's the beef? 31%. Even Burger King, who didn't run the ad campaign, saw an 18% bump in sales after this campaign. So if Tesla could run an ad campaign that shifts the narrative and makes people feel like they have to check out buying a Tesla, 
that they're missing out somehow. That would be what I would do as Tesla's VP of special operations. And I think that the reason why so many Tesla fans want Tesla to advertise is because we all want to break. We have been Tesla's salespeople, <laughs> and I don't just mean Zach and Jesse, I mean you too. Um, people who have been interested in Tesla for the longest time have been their salespeople. There have been no ads on the internet. There have been nothing other than Teslas driving around and people in those cars who know about them. That's been the only sales method. I'll push back. I don't think we want to break. I think we're willing to do the work. It's just we don't want to have to be the first attack. Like we don't want to have to go and tell people all the first stuff. We want them to come to us and go, hey, wait, can you give me a, a test drive, Dave? And I think in the beginning when Tesla was smaller, it, it kind of made more sense that you'd hear it from your buddy. And so when you told him, you'd be like, yeah, it's still a small company and they're like oh that's really cool now that they're selling over a million cars a year like well over a million cars a year it's kind of like embarrassing to be like why haven't i heard of this on like the mainstream news or why haven't i heard of it before heard of it being why haven't i been advertised to it's like right well they don't believe in advertising no. and then they're like that sounds a little weird is this a is this a pyramid scheme is this a multi-level marketing scheme yeah really good point because in 2020 tesla sold as many cars in that entire year as they just sold in this quarter right so it is growing so fast but i mean i if look if you're taking advice tesla in your ad department i would use your next marketing campaign to attack ice cars just like this you know wendy's commercial kind of attacked the hamburger of of mcdonald's where's the beef you don't have to worry about stuffing all the details into a 30 second ad and i know we have a patreon poll this week so mm -hmm. we'll see what people think but um you had an idea about uh about using boston actors yeah i mean so this one was from uh, a different car company they had done the smart pack so it was really good because you know it's like smart pack you're gonna say smart pack um i think that you should hire almost the exact same crew um and do one about fatcast so call ice cars internal combustion engine gas powered vehicles call them fatcast because they it. fat I love it. And so that way it'd be like, oh, what? You too good for vodka? <laughs> Your cousin Sully has a vodka. All right, Bob, it's time to play America's favorite game. Who's adding Nax this week? That's right, Bob. America loves things with America in the name. So Nax, or the North American charging standard, is an automatic fan favorite. Yes, indeedy, Bob. But most people know it as the Tesla plug. But spiffing up the name and adding an acronym is definitely adding points to this conversion. And speaking of conversion, Bob, remember that Ford kicked off this whole thing on May 25th when Ford CEO Jim Farley announced that after two years of talks with Tesla, existing Ford customers will be able to charge a Tesla supercharger starting in next year using an adapter that Ford will supply. You nailed it, Bob. And a week later, Mary Barra, the CEO of GM, made a similar announcement. And oh boy, Bob, every week it seems like another auto manufacturer or charging company is jumping on the bandwagon. And it better be a big bandwagon, Bob, because the jumping on hasn't let up. No, sir, Bob, and it's only growing with Rivian jumping on last week. So, Bob, let's get to it. Who's adding Nax this week? Well, Bob, let's start with the second largest EV fast charging network in the U.S. Are you talking about Electrify America, Bob? You are correct, Bob. The same company that was founded by Dieselgate Money. Because remember, Bob, VW was found guilty by the EPA of using defeat devices in its diesel cars in order to hide how dirty their cars were from federal regulators. Right. Now I remember, Bob. VW was forced to pay $2 billion over 10 years to build an EV charging network, which they call Electrify America. And good strategy by VW there, Bob, using America right in the name. Electrify America has 800 fast-charging locations in the U.S. It's great, Bob, and EA says that they'll be adding NACs or Tesla plugs to all their existing and future chargers by 2025. 
But it doesn't end there, Bob. ChargePoint, which claims to have the most charging stations in the U.S., now says they'll be offering Tesla plugs to their charging hosts later this year. Yeah, ChargePoint are mostly level two chargers, Bob, and most ChargePoint chargers are owned by the site owner, so it'll be up to each owner to decide what they want to install. You might want to consider next, you ChargePoint site owners. But we're not done, Bob. Blink Charging, which also claims to be the biggest EV charging network with over 30,000 charging ports in 18 countries, now says they'll be adding NACs to their network as soon as October of this year. But we're not done yet, Bob. Volvo Cars announced they have become the fourth automaker to sign an agreement with Tesla to join the supercharger network starting next year. So expect to see some XC40s, XC60s, and C40s. And don't forget Polestars, Bob. They're a subsidiary of Volvo, so Polestars are included in this agreement. But it's not just car and EV charging companies jumping on the bandwagon, Bob. It's not, Bob. What other companies are interested in charging standards? How about SAE, Bob, or the Society of Automotive Engineers? But SAE is the group that came up with the CCS charging standard, Bob. I know, Bob. That's why I think it's safe to say that the CCS standard is almost certainly dead. No, that's not dead. It's uh, resting. If not officially dead, Bob, I think it's safe to say that CCS is pining for the fjords. Pining for the fjords? Extra points for Monty Python references, Bob. Yeah, Bob, Frank Menchaka from SAE says they'll come up with standards that will govern how plugs connect with charging stations, cybersecurity measures, charging speeds, and reliability requirements. I'm sorry, Bob, but I fell asleep with my eyes open while you were talking, because that's just a face-saving measure. Tesla already did all that work when they released their 27-page standard last November. But Menchaka did say, Nax looks like it's poised to become really widely used. So in talking to all the stakeholders, we decided it needs to be standardized. Who knows if others will come on board, it could be the dominant way that people charge. Well, Bob, that sure is the understatement of the year. Because don't forget, Bob, it already is the biggest charging standard in North America. Well, that about wraps it up this week's game of Who's Adding Next this week, Bob. But before we go, Volkswagen just announced that they're in talks with Tesla to join Next. So if you're keeping score, Bob, that's Electrify America, Blink, ChargePoint, Volvo, and SAE this week. See you next week, Bob. Not unless I see you first, Bob. According to Tesla Scope, Tesla has started rolling out new features in software 2023.26. Ooh, like what? Uh, charging on solar. Uh, Tesla says, charge your Tesla with solar energy. If you have a power wall, you can now choose how much charging comes from solar versus other sources. Now, this does require that your power walls be updated to the latest version and that you have Tesla app version 4.22.5. What, what version of a of the power walls does it have to be? I want to see if my power walls can do it. Uh, version 23.12.10. Okay. Mm-hmm. 23.12.2. Well, update. <laughs> well, that's cool. So I'd be able to specifically charge from my power walls. Yeah, and, and specifically using the power that you absorbed through solar energy. Oh, well, that's going to be cool. So that way I think you get more range. You know, you'd, you'd set a bonus range that after that certain point you'd be charging with the solar. Nice. There's also a Spotify refresh. Tesla says, play your Spotify music, playlists, podcasts, and audiobooks with a more familiar look and feel. And of course, that's only for premium connectivity users. Now, I thought that this next thing was already implemented, but... Automatic headlights. Uh, They say your lights turn on automatically when windshield wipers are activated and headlights are set to auto in control slash lights uh, slash headlights. Okay, so not just tonight, but when you turn on your windshield wipers. That makes sense. Right. In in many states, it's a law that mm-hmm. if you have your windshield wipers on, you have to turn on your headlights. So that does that automatically. It makes sense because otherwise it's like yep. 
in the rain. Navigation now also shows if your destination is closing soon or maybe closed by the time that you arrive. Well, that's a cool feature. That is nice. You're like, I want to go to Target. And you're like, oh, it's going to be closed. Next up is Bluetooth game controllers. Tesla says, use Bluetooth controllers to play games in arcade. To pair a controller, open the Bluetooth panel and follow the instructions. This feature works best with PS5 controllers. I thought we already had Bluetooth game controllers. We, sh we reviewed a couple a couple weeks ago. Well, so you could use them, um, but they had to be connected to a Bluetooth USB dongle that needed to plug into the car itself. Now oh. you can use, I, I think it sounds like they want you to use a PS5 controller um, by itself. It can just connect straight to the car. Nice. So it's nice because that's like a gaming standard. You don't have to buy some third party. Next up is camera view on Tesla app. Tesla says you can now see multiple cameras at once when checking your vehicle's surroundings. Now, I almost always forget that the live camera is a premium connectivity feature. Right. And so, I mean, a lot of these things are upgrades to stuff that are premium connectivity features. Um, and again, that costs typically like 10 bucks a month right. to sign up for. Um, I think that the multiple cameras is pretty nice. So that way, if you have a thief who knows that you're looking at the cameras and is running around the car and you can't quite spot them, um, you, you're able to kind of get a whole view around the car at once. Um, there's also warmer display colors. So that's going to basically reduce blue light. So that way it doesn't like keep you awake at night. Don't you want to be well, kept awake know, at if night? If you're driving in to your driveway, you don't need to be blinded by blue light. So that way you're like awake. And some of the last few items here are uh, sentry mode records. If someone tries to open a door or trunk when the vehicle is locked. Oh, I thought that already was there. It usually did it just based on proximity. But uh, now if it detects something, it will do it. Recents and favorites are now in separate tabs in the media player. So okay. small thing. Um, the sliders to adjust volume, temperature and charge limits are more precise. Automatic navigation shows more details about your destination and access the owner's manual and release notes more quickly with the new manual app. So a better user manual. Nice. I like it. Yeah. So there's been a lot of buzz around this next story. People think that this could be pointing to Tesla getting ready for the in-car app store. Oh boy. Are we looking at Candy Crush in the car now or Instagram and Facebook? Can I finally send a tweet from my Model X? Uh, no, look, I don't think that this story is all that it's cracked up to be. Uh, the online resource, not a Tesla app, shared this article outlining a new section of the account page on Tesla's website. This section says that it's for managing third-party apps. Like subway surfers. I, I don't think so. I think that this is more for apps like Teslafy or a better route planner, which use an API token to grant access to information like your location and battery level to help make those apps more useful. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think they would call it API token or something. Third party apps sounds more like an app store to me. Well, let us know what you think in the comments below. I mean, I think everyone's... I mean, Elon's been talking about this for years, saying that there'd be a Tesla store. I just think they put it as a low priority, but maybe now they've bumped it up. I don't know. I mean, if you really read it, it just doesn't sound like that's what it is to me, but it is pretty ambiguous. Uh, I don't know. Let us know what you think. So as we reported last week on Elon's tweets of the week, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg seem to be headed for a showdown. Yeah, we're talking about a cage match. As Elon tweeted, I'm up for a cage match if he is, LOL. So this week it appears he started training with Lex Friedman. As Lex tweeted out, I did an impromptu training session with Elon for a few hours yesterday. I'm extremely impressed with his strength, power, and skill on the feet and on the ground. It was epic. It's really inspiring to see Elon and Mark doing martial arts. But I think the world is served far better if they train martial arts but not fight in the cage. That said, as Elon says, the most entertaining outcome is the most likely. I'm there for them no matter what. And Elon went on to say, that was fun. So Lex seems to be pushing for the two tech billionaires to scale things back 
And of course, we know that Elon's mom, May Musk, also agrees. She tweeted, actually, I canceled the fight. I haven't told them yet, but I will continue to say the fight is canceled just in case. And then she went on to say a verbal fight only. Three questions each. The funniest answers win. Who agrees? But I mean, if Elon has started training with Lex, uh, that to me shows that he's serious. And I don't think either of them can back down now and save face. And I think that this shows one of Elon's strengths. He's not afraid of anything. I mean, remember that Elon really hurt his back in 2014 when at his 43rd birthday party, he wrestled with a sumo wrestler. All right, well, let's get into the tale of the tape here. Uh, Zuck is 13 years younger than Elon, and even though Elon has a height and weight advantage, uh, you've got to be concerned that Elon could get hurt if this truly will be a jujitsu cage match scenario. I might have to side with Elon's mom on this one. It may be the way out for both of them. What do you think? Let us know down in the comments. Should Elon go through with this cage match? And who do you think will win? I do know one thing. If they do fight, Dana White is right. This will be the biggest fight of all time. And just some updates here. Elon tweeted out, some chance fight might happen in the Coliseum. Uh, need to work on my endurance. So I think he's he's not going to back down. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to let mommy take him out of the fight. <laughs> That's true. And I also, it's really interesting. Uh, I think there were some Italian officials who were like, yeah, it could happen in the Coliseum. Are you not entertained? I mean, it would be epic. It would be if, really cool. If they did it on pay-per-view and donated all the proceeds, I think they could raise, I don't know, what what's like one of the biggest fight purses that's ever been? I think that was Pacquiao and Mayweather. That was one of the biggest ones. So, And, and like, we're talking tens of hundreds of millions of dollars. This is going to probably be bigger than that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they could donate that to charity. That's true. Hey, and if you want to share a clip that you see here on the show, but you don't want to share the whole long episode, go to our Now You Know Clips channel, separate YouTube channel where we chop these into little bite-sized clips, make them really easy to share. So last month, we told you one of the nation's best nonprofits fighting climate change had launched its annual EV raffle. Well, tickets are still available and you'll love the prizes. Do you want a Lucid Air Grand Touring with a 500-mile battery at a value of $138,000? You'll drive in luxury from Maine to Maryland on a single charge. Or how about a Rivian SUV or truck plus 10 years worth of free charging? Or a Tesla Model X Plaid. Our friends at the Seacan Action Fund always offer incredible prizes while using the proceeds to promote clean energy. Last year, they gave away the Rivian R1T. Now they've added the Rivian SUV and the Lucid and the Plaid. The winner picks. To enter, just visit www.evraffle.org. Tickets are just $200 and no more than 5,500 tickets total will be sold. The raffle runs through the summer, but it sold out last year, well before the drawing. So visit evraffle.org today. Tickets are selling fast. That's evraffle.org and good luck. All right, so Tesla Powerwall. There's a new kid in town. Get ready for GM's new power bank. Sounds like a bank brand. You don't want to put your money in a little hometown bank that can get robbed. You want to open a savings account at Power Bank. The more you deposit, the more power you bank. Power Bank. Okay, so what is GM offering here? Well, you can get high interest returns. No, I'm just kidding. One of the key features of GM Energy's new Altium Home Bundles is V to H or vehicle to home. So the ability to use, say, your new Chevy Silverado EV pickup truck to power your house when there's a blackout. GM has partnered with SunPower to help homeowners install solar panels as well. So there are three bundles, the V2H bundle here. Then there's the Ultium Home Energy System and then the Ultium Home Energy Storage bundle. OK, that's confusing. But you know what I'm going to ask next. But I can tell you don't have the answer. Uh, why don't you have the answer? Um, I know you were going to ask the price and when it will be available. And GM has only said MSRP and timeline for delivery for each of Ultium Home's initial product bundles will vary. So... Hard to compete when you don't really have more than a picture. 
of your product, GM. Well, I think that's your problem. What? You're assuming GM is going to be competing with Tesla. Look, if Tesla is having a hard time keeping up with demand for home batteries, I mean, Tesla is growing Tesla energy even faster than the 50% compounded annual growth rate for Tesla vehicles. We're talking well over 100% year-over-year growth by most accounts. Then, I mean, how is GM going to compete at all? Well, I think you just said it. There's a lot of demand for home battery packs. And if GM can produce them... I think that there will be people who will buy them. That's the big point, though. Can they produce them? Yeah. And it doesn't at a competitive price doesn't really give you the best feeling in the world when they, you know, like, well, it'll vary. Well, I don't know. I don't know what it'll cost or when you'll get it. Why are you asking me? I'm just the company that makes it. My guess is that this is going to come out when the Silverado EV truck comes out. Yeah. Kind of like when Ford had their whole thing. But I've heard so many Ford customers still waiting for that. So, (laughs) right. And if you just take one moment and hit the like button, it really helps us out. It's a little thumbs up button down below. It helps promote this channel to people who might not have checked it out. Oh, and of course, I had to include uh, some more footage of that camouflage Cybertruck that was spotted this week. New video of the Tesla camo Cybertruck in Palo Alto. And Elon said it's practically invisible. But if you want to keep up with all the latest Cybertruck news, head on over to Cybertruck Owners Club. They help support the show. You can find out where you are in line and you can also check out their 3D configurator so you can wrap the truck and make it look any way you want. Camouflage. We used to have this segment on the show where we gave EV tips of the week. Well, we'd like to bring that back to Tesla Time News. So EV drivers watching, please submit your tips, your tricks, your hacks that have to do with anything EV. Yeah, after driving an EV for a while, you pick up little things that other people might not know about. Things to do with charging, road trips, accessories, uh, things that just make driving an EV easier or more fun. So share what you've learned with us here at Now You Know. You can send them in to us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com and thanks. So how do you like to be able to take your favorite bike and turn it into an e-bike? Well, that's exactly what we just did over on our Now Let's Review channel. Yeah, we just reviewed this kit from the UK company Switch. It's essentially a battery that mounts up on your handlebars, a motor controller, and a front wheel that replaces your bike's front wheel. But Switch's front wheel has an electric motor. Now, to be honest, I kind of thought it was going to be one of those three-day projects with splicing wires and soldering and drilling holes. But you know what? I was pleasantly surprised how simple it was. You can check out the whole build. We show you it step by step so you can see if this looks like something that interests you. Because, I mean, a lot of us have bikes that we love that cost us a lot of money. But, you know, you've been thinking about how cool it would be to have an e-bike and make getting up those hills a little easier. Well, now maybe it's time for a switch. See what it did there. So the startup Halo.car has some exciting news out. They have begun operating their remote piloted EVs on public roads without a human present. According to them, this is the first time this is being done ever. Oh, wait. We interviewed Halo Cars' founder and CEO, Anand Nandakumar, over on our Disruptive Investing YouTube channel. Yeah, Halo is a unique product where our customers take our app, push a button, request a car. We will remotely drive an old electric vehicle with nobody inside to just deliver the car to you. Yeah, uh, that video just went live. We'll put a link down below in the show notes. I found this interview to be fascinating on so many levels. I mean, first, I love meeting and interviewing smart people, and Anand is definitely in that category. Next, also, Halo is approaching the autonomy problem very uniquely. And thirdly, their scaling plans are quite exciting, and it will be cool to see how they solve problems and scale going forward. Okay, so tell me about driving remotely piloted cars without a human safety driver. Yeah, so Halo Car is working closely with the city of Las Vegas, and now Halo has reached their phase three out of four phases, which is deliveries of a car to a customer remotely with no one inside with a chase car following that car. A chase car? 
Yeah. So in the fourth and final phase of their plan, there'll be no chase car. But for now, they need to make sure that they have connectivity at all times with the remotely piloted car. So having a chase car within radio range, I guess, is important. And I remember you asked this question during the interview. But what if they did lose cell communications with the remotely piloted car? Well, I think Anand had a really good answer to that, and you'll have to watch our interview to find out. But what you're seeing here in this video is Halo Car showing off their car being delivered to a customer remotely with no one inside. Yeah, and so let me get this straight. So if I go to Las Vegas now, I can order a car from Halo Car online. It'll be an EV, which is awesome. It'll be delivered to me remotely. Then I hop in, drive it to my destination, and I don't have to worry about parking it, right? I just drop it off someplace safe, and they will take it from there? Correct. I mean, think about it. One of the biggest hassles of driving a car in the city is the parking park. On average, people spend 30% of their time looking for a parking spot. If you can take that out of the equation, renting a car becomes so much more enjoyable. Anyway, I urge you to go check out our interview with Halo Car over on Disruptive Investing. These are the kinds of companies that are disrupting the transportation model as we know it. Okay, so I saw this next story and I thought it had to be some kind of joke. I mean, I even checked to make sure that it wasn't April Fool's Day. Um, is this that Tesla UK thing? Yeah. So remember, last month we reported that Tesla was going to stop selling right-hand drive models in the UK of the Model S and X. Right. I remember. So what is this about the Reacher? No, not that Reacher. Okay. So Tesla Owners UK tweeted this out. So it's one of those grabby stick things that you use to reach things that you can't reach? Yeah. This appears to now be included as a gift for every new UK owner of uh, the Tesla Model S and Tesla Model X that have left-hand drives. Why? Uh, because when those drivers get to, let's say, a parking garage and they have to reach the ticket, the machine won't be next to the driver's door anymore. It will be on the passenger side. So they'll need the reacher to reach over and grab the ticket. I'll be your reacher. So that is so Tesla in terms of solving problems that they would put a reacher stick in the car. I mean, apart from having to grab things out the window, is it really a problem? I mean, right. As we've talked about before, it is legal to drive a left hand drive car in a right hand drive country. It'll be really interesting to see how UK Tesla owners feel about this. I'd be really interested in your comments if you are one of them. So please comment down below. What do you think of reacher? Honey, can you hand me my reacher? I, I can't reach it in the back seat. <laughs> You know, I hope people don't misunderstand this and like get into the right seat and then start driving the car with the reacher. Oh, the passenger seat that would be bad. Um, my other question is, I mean, this might work for tickets at a parking garage. But what about like if you're trying to get your your drive through food? Can you use the reacher for that? That seems really scary. Are there drive <laughs> <laughs> are there drive throughs in London? I don't, know. I don't know. GM Defense, the defense arm of GM, just showed off their EMCV or Electric Military Concept Vehicle at the Marine Military Expo in DC last week. The concept is based off of the GMC Hummer EV, which shares the same chassis and powertrain and also includes the double stack 200 kilowatt hour battery. Hmm. Okay. So the same powertrain that would get it like similar zero to 60 acceleration of like three seconds and 314 miles of range. Well, according to GM at the expo, it wouldn't have quite the same all electric range, but it is equipped with a diesel range extender. <laughs> uh, now, doesn't this look an awful lot like the new infantry squad vehicle, the M1301? Yes. Now that's the gas powered military vehicle also made by GM, but based off of their Colorado pickup truck. Um, this appears to be a kit bashed vehicle that I would argue GM threw together to generate some buzz about the ELRV program. 
What's the ELRV program? Oh, well, that's the Electric Light Reconnaissance Vehicle Program, which is a defense program aimed at getting EVs on the battlefield. Wow, this is happening so fast. Uh, no, don't count on it. Um, even the people in charge of this program at the Pentagon say that this probably won't happen until like 2050. What? Yeah. Um, 2050? Again, nothing happens fast in this business. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised, again, if this is nothing more than a pile of parts all glued together and sitting on these fake bushes at the expo. I mean, I totally get why GM would do this. There's so much money in the defense budget. Oh, yeah. And I mean, they just throw money at anything. It's just astounding to me. Since I was a kid, I've been astounded at how much the defense department gets to just have stuff. Whereas in every other part of government, it's like, can we have another textbook, sir? Well, what I found funny is that, you know, the the Humvee was built for the military and then they dumbed it down for us Americans to buy and you get to buy the Hummer. And then they were like, that brand worked really well. When we make an EV, when we make an EV, we're going to call it the Hummer. And then they go, we need an electric vehicle, but we weren't going to develop one for the military. So we'll take our Hummer EV sell and it back to sell them. it back to the military. You led, Mary. You led, and it matters. I think it was just last week on Investor Club Bonus Stories that we predicted Lordstown Motors, makers of the all-electric endurance pickup truck, would be going bankrupt, and they did. Yep. Unfortunately, Lordstown, which is under the RIDE ticker symbol on NASDAQ, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection last week. It all started to fall apart soon after they went public in 2020. An endurance caught fire in May of 2021, and then Lordstown's founder and CEO Steve Burns and their CFO abruptly resigned in June of 2021 over allegations of false order numbers for their endurance pickup. Things were looking up a bit earlier this year um, when Foxconn signed a joint venture with Lordstown and agreed to purchase their factory in Lordstown, Ohio. But then in April of this year, they got a delisting notice from NASDAQ as their stock price had fallen below the $1 threshold. That seemed to trigger Foxconn to back out of their agreed $43 million payment to keep Lordstown afloat. And, well, now here we are at bankruptcy. So Lordstown shares have dropped 95% since they went public. And yeah, it's definitely been a bumpy ride. We knew something was up last week when we reported that founder Steve Burns had sold all of his remaining Lordstown stock in May and June. Lordstown says they're continuing their lawsuit against Foxconn for pulling out of the deal, which they claim is what forced them to file for bankruptcy. Lordstown is going to be looking to sell off their IP for the endurance electric truck. Now, I can't see that there's going to be much demand for that IP, though. I mean, their only hope is that they can find some new ownership for the company. But I've got to say that doesn't look that likely, especially given that the Ford Lightning and the Rivian R1T are already out. The Cybertruck and the Chevy Silverado electric pickup trucks are on their way. What gave the Endurance a good chance was that it was going to have a $45,000 starting price and it was going to be one of the first trucks to market. And to their credit, Lordstown did supposedly produce 500 units, but they were all sold to fleets, so no one's really gotten to check them out on what... You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. 
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The endurance can do. Well, now you might be able to. Because as part of the bankruptcy deal, they're going to be selling off whatever trucks they have in stock. So comment down below, what would you pay for an endurance pickup truck at auction? Not much. And if you do get one, please contact us because I'd love to drive it. Even though you're never going to be able to buy one ever again unless Foxconn buys it at pennies on the dollar for the IP. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe they will. Who knows? They uh, might. But, I mean, it depends on how much tooling is at the factory. No, I would like to see if this truck is a really competitive truck or not. Maybe it's going to be the Foxconn Lordston. Lordstoon. They can't call it the Lordstown, right? Well, I guess they'll buy the IP. Probably. Well, let's talk about another EV car startup that I think should be bankrupted by this point. Nikola. Oh, boy. What shady business practices this time? Well, maybe not practices, but some shady business, or maybe just shoddy engineering. There was a large fire at Nikola headquarters last week where five Nikola trucks burned to the ground. Oh no, that's like half their fleet. (laughs) Uh, Nikola released this statement. Early this morning behind our Phoenix headquarters, a fire occurred which affected multiple battery electric trucks. No one has been injured. Foul play is suspected as a vehicle was seen in the area of the affected trucks just prior to the incident and an investigation is underway. Well, you know, vehicles in the area, always starting fires, those vehicles. (laughs) Well, it would appear that perhaps that might not be the case. Lots of internal information was leaked to Electric this week, which shows that it might not be foul play after all. Last year, engineers found an issue where laser welds on the battery packs were actually punching through the cells themselves, causing corrosion at the joints and leading to self-discharging, which can cause fires. Wait, how do we know all this? Well, it can be hard to keep recent kerfuffles quiet when you've just laid off a quarter of your staff. (laughs) So wait, engineers knew that there was a problem a year ago. Why didn't they fix it? And why did five trucks burn last week? Well, first of all, it's more likely that it was one truck that had an issue. It caught on fire and burned the rest of the trucks. Of course, we don't know this. Although to get to the battery issue, according to ex-employees, engineers recommended shutting down the production of the faulty battery modules. However... Apparently, CEO of Romeo Power, which is Nikola's battery subsidiary at the time, uh, said not to stop production, but to keep trying to solve the issue, but keep putting out defective cells. Just do it! Also, Nikola was told about the problem, but they didn't want to scrap all the battery packs that they had in their trucks as they were ready to go out the door. So again, according to ex-employees, they didn't do anything about it. Man, this sounds almost too juicy. Yeah, and I think it's fair to take this with a grain of salt. I mean, I would also be pissed if I had just been laid off and my stock options value were like 
probably below strike price. Um, Nikola had this response to Electrex allegations. For production Nikola vehicles, Nikola requested Romeo not to ship known leaking modules. When weld issues were identified at Romeo's end of line process, a quarantine process was implemented, which required performance of a thorough inspection on every module, including end of line functionality checks. To our knowledge and based upon assurances made by our supplier Romeo, Nikola did not put any modules with weld issues in our production vehicles. Now, the company insider says that there wasn't a quarantine process and also that foul play is impossible um, because according to them, it's nearly impossible to light the battery packs on fire from the outside because of the packs built in fire resistance. Quote, you could literally throw burning fuel on these packs and unless it's sustained for a long period of time, you wouldn't even notice. Okay, but then how would the fire have spread to four additional trucks then unless we're to believe that five battery fires started simultaneously? Right. Well, uh, of course, there are other parts of the truck that could be flammable and that a potential arsonist could get to burn. Maybe after picking through the wreckage, they'll find five perfectly intact battery packs. Or maybe they'll find four battery packs and one completely burned up. Although I do find it funny with such obviously disgruntled ex-employees, it almost makes arson a more plausible <laughs> explanation. But uh, quite a salacious tale. Well, and it just shows that if it weren't for Tesla, right, there'd be all these EVs driving around with battery pack problems like bolts. And then consumers would be like, not going to have that, right? Tesla has proven you don't have to have that problem if you know how to design and build the packs. Mm -hmm. And I thought that designing the packs was the easy part. I mean, I've made a battery pack, for goodness sake, and it hasn't lit on fire. It's been on our set yeah. for the entire you <laughs> years. Know. You'd know. It's right It's right there. It's the blue cells. You one, see those right there? One day, there? if you see a fire, you'll know that it didn't <laughs> if work. The, if there's a whole burn stain up the wall, you'll know that I messed it up. There's two big effects that seem to follow as Tesla cut prices of their car lineup earlier this year. First, many auto analysts question whether it was a wise move by Tesla since it lowered their margins. But secondly, and more importantly, it seems to have increased demand for Teslas, while at the same time, lowering consumer demand for Tesla's EV competitors. Now we're hearing from Volkswagen that they've had to reduce their production output and give EV employees an extended vacation, some of which will become permanent at their Emden facility in northern Germany. That's where VW makes its ID4 and soon their ID7 electric cars. The head of VW's work council told German newspaper Nordwest Zeitung that VW's cutting its production output of the ID4 and the new ID7 sedan for the next two weeks, and that this is almost 30% lower than VW's original production figures. So, infinite vacation. You just. <laughs> Well, we will see you later. Have fun. You're still an employee. <laughs> Bring I, your sunscreen. That's not what we mean. <laughs> VW cited reduced subsidies in EU countries like Germany, Sweden, and France as a contributor to the lowered demand. The Emden plant already had a three-week summer vacation scheduled, but Volkswagen has added additional time off for those employees working on the EV production lines, and they say that approximately 300 of the 1,500 temporary workers in Emden will be laid off in August. Oh, so not... Not a fun vacation. No. It's a, well, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> we will not pay you. Clean out your desk before the vacation, okay? Uh, VW says that they're confident that production at the plant will increase again with the market launch of the ID7 at the end of the year. But what's important to note here is that VW didn't really cut the price of the ID4, even as Tesla was slashing prices. And what we've been hearing from many viewers is that VW's lineup 
just isn't enticing. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And I had to shave my face twice this week because I had a special event that I had to go to and I had to shave my face twice. And usually my face hates that. It's like, don't shave me, um, which is why I usually only shave once a week. But my Henson Shaver is so great that it didn't cause me like an insane amount of razor burn or anything. Um, and I was able to go along with my life and not have to just like hide in the shadows. That's so nice. Yeah, go to HensonShaving.com. Use our code now you know. You'll get 100 free blades when you check out. So are you interested in BLT? Uh, no, I'm good. I, I ate before the show. <laughs> no, no, sorry. I'm not talking about bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. I'm talking about the Bay Area startup Boundary Layer Technologies, or BLT. They are working on this. This jet ski-like hydrofoil watercraft that they call the Velo Hyperfoil. Ooh, is this for sale? Well, currently, this is still a prototype, but the company claims that they have sold out of their initial production run, which they opened for a pre-order late last year, and they got a million dollars in orders in the first three weeks. In fact, they got three times the number of orders that they can actually produce this year. So do we have any stats on it? Yes, the Velo can reach a top speed of 42 miles an hour, cruising speed of 30 miles an hour. You need a minimum speed of 15 miles an hour to get it up to that um, hydrofoiling speed. Mm -hmm. It can travel for two hours and 20 minutes on the water, and it can be recharged in three hours on level two. The Velo is built from carbon fiber composites, titanium, stainless steel, and it weighs in at 430 pounds and can carry two passengers. Velo has a proprietary sky drive system, which measures the position and behavior of the watercraft 100 times a second, and then it adjusts each control surface semi-autonomously so you get a smooth, stable ride, which the team compares to flying. You can reserve one now for 500 bucks. Now, you didn't mention the price. It's the old watercraft thing. You have to ask. Its starting price is $59,000. Ooh. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's new. Hmm. Model Y watercraft. Model <laughs> Y. What is it? Two hours of driving? <laughs> uh, um, hmm. I don't know. You know what's interesting to me? We talked to the CEO of Candela, which is the Swedish company that has a boat that runs on hydrofoil. And that company has a ton of IP. And I'm guessing that if you're in this business, that uh, these two companies must be bumping heads when it comes to IP, right? Mm. Because it's new and it's very similar. I just wonder if one one company doesn't know that the other one already has some patent on something important. Sorry if I brought that up. <laughs> All right, it's time for Going Green. So a new study just out last week published in the journal Environmental Science and Technology was the first study to find that benzene emissions from gas stoves and ovens can be far above levels deemed safe by the EPA. The study says we found that a single gas burner on high or oven set to 350 degrees Fahrenheit for 45 minutes raised kitchen benzene concentrations above the upper estimate of benzene concentrations found in secondhand smoke in about a third of the cases that we measured. That's from Yanai Kashtan, the study's lead author at Stanford University's Door School of Sustainability. OK, OK, a lot to unpack there. So first of all, you're saying that this is the first study that actually just even studied benzene emissions from gas stoves and ovens? Yep. Why hasn't this been studied before? I mean, we've had gas ovens in our houses for how long? Americans have had gas stoves since the early 1800s. Now, they didn't become popular until the late 1800s, but yeah, that's over 150 years. And this study found that you're breathing in more benzene than you'd be getting from secondhand smoke. Yeah, they collected data from 87 homes in California and Colorado. Rob Jackson, co-author of the study said, within half an hour, levels start to go up down the hall. It takes in some cases six hours or more for benzene to go back down to background levels. Okay, but 
Is breathing benzene bad for you? Benzene is a carcinogen. There is no safe level of exposure. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, acute benzene poisoning can cause all kinds of symptoms from drowsiness and irregular heartbeats to headaches and even death at high levels. Long-term exposure to benzene can decrease the number of red blood cells, leading to anemia, which can weaken the immune system and can cause cancer, such as leukemia. A 2018 study found that asthma rates were higher in children who've been exposed to benzene in the air. Okay, well, then the government must be doing something about this. Well, actually, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission publicly said they were thinking about regulating gas stoves, and the Department of Energy proposed in late January new requirements, which would make gas stoves more energy efficient and reduce pollution from them. But then, when Republican lawmakers heard about that, they got the chairman of the commission to disavow any such plans. And in fact, in June, House Republicans held a hearing where they tried to pass bills intended to thwart any potential gas stove regulations. But 12 Republicans defected and Resolution 463 didn't pass, luckily, 206 to 220. Wow. And so this is why contacting your representatives really matters. Because, okay, so having a gas stove in your house is the same as basically having, you're like, oh, I'm going to bake some cookies. And it's as if you like turn on your oven and magically poof, a guy just appears and you're like, hey, what do you guys, you cook and bake some cookies? That's, that's really cool. <coughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to be here the whole time. <sighs> yeah, it's the only fossil fuel burning device in your home that doesn't have to be vented. I mean, think about this for a second. You can't install a water heater without venting it. You can't install a heater without venting it or a fireplace, but you can take a stove, put it in your kitchen, have no vent whatsoever. And everyone's like, you're good. But what about the range that goes over it? Yeah, well, most range hoods in America actually are just fake. They just have a fan and it recirculates the air and makes everyone feel better, but it doesn't do anything. They have a grease trap. Well, if you call a black <laughs> carbon filter a grease trap, then sure. Sometimes it's just metal. Yeah, and a lot Sometimes of times, it's just and, mo a mesh. and most time that mesh is gone. Like or, just, or it's been there for since 50 the years. house was built. Exactly. <laughs> this is a, a, a chance for you to go clean your grease trap. But you might be thinking, an oven, that's nothing like a water heater. Uh, yeah, it is. Go look at your water heater. It's just a burner. You, the, your oven has four or five burners, or if you have a Viking stove, you have like eight, and then you have an oven with another burner, and you're just burning gas all the time. So maybe that's why you're so drowsy after Thanksgiving. Exactly. There you go. Your house is full of benzene. Yeah, no, I mean, look, if you can switch, switch. Okay, I see. So basically, we put these fossil fuel burning unvented stoves in our homes for 150 years, and now the argument for not getting rid of them is that they're so popular and commonplace. Yeah, Matthew Agan, chief regulatory counsel at the American Gas Association, said 50% of the market will not comply with DOE's rule. That is a substantial amount of gas cooktops. A large percentage of the desirable products with the features that people are looking for will be wiped out. Oh no, there'll be less gas stove choices. Who cares that people will be healthier? All we care about is selling natural gas. I mean, f the American Gas Association, man. They're so evil. I know. That's so evil. We're going to put these, uh, oh, just a thing. It just spits out a little bit of poison every once in a while. I mean, every time you use it. Let's make a regulation that at least says you have to vent it properly. <laughs> that Not hard. Could you imagine if it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other things in your house. Like, oh, yeah, your computer at off gas is just this uh, poisonous stuff. It's a carcinogen. Don't worry about it. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> People used to smoke in bed. That's true. And they still do. All right, it's time for sunspots. The world's largest and highest altitude hydro solar project is now online as of last Sunday. 
The Kila PV power station started construction in July of 2022. That's just a year ago. And Kila produces two gigawatt hours of power a year and can store this power by pumping water up behind the dam. That's enough to power 700,000 households per year. Just to give you some idea how much power we're talking about here, that's enough to fully charge 15,000 EVs with a range of 550 kilometers in just one hour. The solar and hydro project will reduce carbon emissions by 1.6 million tons, which is the equivalent of not burning 600,000 tons of coal. And again, if you want to put solar on your house, but you're a little scared, there's lots of questions, talk to our friends at Energy Pal. They have all the answers, the prices, how long it's going to take, all that kind of stuff. If there's tax rebates you can get, they'll and, know about and it. They don't care about selling you solar. Right. They just want to make sure that they're helping you to find the right company to put solar on your roof. Exactly. It's all for free. Link is down below. Let them know that Zach and Jesse sent you. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. Remember, we need your story. Send them to us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Who do we have this week? Tolak just sent us this video update of the first supercharger going into Escondido in San Diego County, California. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Charge Positive here on Tesla Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. I wanted to share with you guys the Tesla supercharger construction here in Escondido. It's gonna have 20 stalls, which for the first supercharger in Escondido is pretty awesome because right now there's only five CCS chargers in all of Escondido. Um, also, it's the closest supercharger uh, is over in San Marcos, about 10, 15 minutes away with 24 stalls. But this area of San Diego County is much overdue for some Tesla fast charging. Very excited about this place. Gonna keep an eye on it for everybody. Thanks for tuning in, Charge Positive, and now you know. Yeah, thank you. It's so great to see new superchargers going in all over the place. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And on Patreon this week, we've got an EV that lost its battery pack, dream control, greenwashing, along with uh, Investor Club bonus stories and much more. So head on over to patreon.com slash now you know. Support us for as little as a buck a month and you'll get all of these Patreon bonus stories. All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. These are the people who support us for $5 or more a month. They get their names in the end credits. Who do we got this week? We got Lux Walla, Mike McDavid, Greg Peeler, Bryce Foster, and George Clements. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. Now, we had a poll this week on Patreon. Yes, it was, what do you think of Tesla's advertising? Oh, what do people say? Well, what were the questions? I mean, what? Uh... Um, so basically, you know, they did the Google ads. Is that enough? For people and most people said spend some money to explain some of the finer points to consumers um mm. so not that many people wanted to see like a super bowl ad not that many people wanted to do google ads uh most <laughs> the second answer was that tesla doesn't need to advertise yeah i i disagree i feel like um advertising works when it's done really bite-sized and, and well and it gets to your brain like the where's the beef stuff when you try and explain stuff in an ad i don't think it usually works so you think it, i mean that's I, an infomercial folks like if you want to do an infomercial <laughs> You won't believe the Tesla Model 3. Do you hate having to go to the gas station? Not anymore. But wait, act now and you'll get a free carrying case for your Model 3. And don't forget about fart mode for just 400 easy payments of $19.99 plus shipping and handling. All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week. And Elon said, fanaticism is always a function of repressed doubt. And that's a quote from one of his favorite books, Dune. Elon said, key milestone completed for flight two. And that is a six-engine static fire at Starbase in Texas. Chris Bergen said, static fire. Ship 25 fires up what appears to be the six Raptors for a decent duration in a key test ahead of the second Starship test flight. Good performance, Elon. Elon says, looks good so far. 
Latest in space says news. Astronomers have discovered the largest black hole ever, and it's over 30 billion times the size of our sun, reaching the upper limit of how large a black hole can theoretically become. Elon said, bigger than big. 30 billion times a black hole? What the f***? <laughs> George St. Pierre says, Elon, I'm a huge fan of yours, and it would be an absolute honor to help you and your training partner for the challenge against Zuckerberg. Elon said, let's do it. Did a practice round tonight with Lex Friedman. And of course, we showed you what that looked like. Eva Fox says 99 times out of 100, people don't criticize themselves for anything, no matter how wrong it may be. That's a quote from Dale Carnegie. Elon says, always err on the side of internalizing responsibility. Tesla Economics says, Tesla full self-driving beta is the most important consequential software of our lifetime for the safety of anyone that steps in a car. Elon says, not as profound as AGI, but certainly profound. Holmar's catalog says, FSD beta 12 may be later this year. Elon says version 12 won't be beta, Ooh, which is just semantics, folks. <laughs> Peter St. Ange says sanity in Sweden as government abandons renewables for nuclear. The Swedish people wish to ground their economy in an energy source that is physically sound and secure, unlike renewables, which are neither. And Elon says nuclear is fine. This is the one area I completely disagree with Elon on. I just don't think he gets how dangerous nuclear can be. Robert Sterling says, I'm not an Elon fanboy, but it's astounding to me how much the media now despises him. He really is public enemy number one. In this case, New York Times is subtly attacking him for sharing Tesla's charging infrastructure, quote, control for critical infrastructure, mercurial leader. Elon says, pretty much only time I see New York Times articles is when they're mentioned here. Their readership, especially user minutes per day, is tiny compared to this platform. Andrea St. James, if Tesla cured cancer, the headlines would be Elon Musk puts oncologists out of business. <laughs> so Elon retweeted Apple's silo finale. He said, watch the entire first ap episode on this platform. Note, you can airplay from your iPhone to TV to watch on a big screen. So, yeah, now Apple's getting in on the Twitter game. Mm. And Elon said prelude to Mars as he tweeted out SpaceX's additional views from yesterday's Ship 25 static fire test. Look at those beautiful shots. That's awesome. I love the drone shot above it. It yeah. looks like a movie poster. I know, right? Max says King's disease. Noun. when the thing that makes you the king is precisely what keeps you from enjoying it. Many such cases. Elon said sigh. Hmm. And then he tweeted out on the 28th, 42 plus 10 because he was 52 that day. Happy birthday, Elon. Paul Graham says, I asked a friend who's a criminal defense lawyer what he'd change about the world to fix the most problems. He specializes in death penalty cases, so he's seen a lot. I expected him to say drugs, but he said if he could change one thing, it would be to make people better parents. He says that almost without exception, people who do terrible things had terrible childhoods. And often this was because their parents had terrible childhoods. It's a cycle that repeats for generations. Elon says, generational trauma, an example of why forgiveness of those who harmed you if it stops further harm, is so important. Michael Siebel says, communicating honest feedback is very hard. I now give very blunt advice because I realized all of the most impactful advice I've gotten in my career has been blunt. Blunt friends, coworkers, advisors are the heroes of my life story. Elon said, yep. Elon said, Astra Inclinant said non obligant. While fate, whether determined by the stars, the gods, or something else entirely, might nudge us in a certain direction, we are never forced in it, is the rough translation. Wow. Fit a lot in Latin, huh? <laughs> well, it's yeah. Bill Lee says, um, I wouldn't say nobody. And this is in response to Vinod's tweet. The thing nobody talks about is that in 10 years, we'll have a million bipedal robots. And in 25 years, we'll have a billion. You'll buy yours for $10,000 and it will be as important to your life as your smartphone is now. And Elon. Hello. I'm saying that. I'm saying that. Alex Feinberg says, whatever you hang around seems normal. Hang around rich people, rich becomes normal. Hang around fit people, fit becomes normal. Hang around fat people, fat becomes normal. Who do you hang around? 
Elon says flatulent people. <laughs> Trunk fan says Taylor Swift's Eras tour is doing insane numbers and is on pace to be the first to gross a billion dollars. Her take home profit will be 500 million plus. And Elon said, wow. Matt Walsh says the university system is the most elaborate and expensive scam of all time. Most people come out of it dumber and less qualified than they were going in. It does not teach any useful skills. You do not need it to succeed in life. It bankrupts millions of young Americans. Elon says you can learn anything online for free these days. Universities have basically become social clubs. That said, at least the technical disciplines do test your ability to do difficult homework for four years in a row. And then he tweeted out his favorite tweet of uh, North Korea's leader sitting in on a, on a class. <laughs> Ray says Tesla rewrote its FSC neural network software using Transformer algorithm in 2021. Then Chinese competitors did the same with Transformer. 2022 was Xpeng. 2023 was Liado, Neo, and Huawei. Coincidence? I think not. All of them got cues from Tesla's AI day and the progress of FSD. Elon says Tesla is shifting emphasis to diffusion for compute efficiency, but will probably drop even that. No company is anywhere close to Tesla in useful AI compute per watt. Then uh, Elon retweeted out International Space Station's tweet of the Dragon cargo ship coming home successfully. Tesla Club Denmark says breaking the Tesla Model Y was Denmark's best-selling vehicle overall in Q2 of 2023. It's not even close. <laughs> Elon said cool. Uh, Alex says high-level journalism at The Verge. And this was The Verge's article uh, basically taking an Elon tweet. But then it turns out they were using Elon's parody account. So not Elon. Uh, and using that as news. And Elon said laugh out loud. Amjad says, not only have they mapped out the fruit fly brain, but they actually booted up in a computer and made it eat and groom. Elon says, things are getting weird fast. Data Hazard says, democracy is probably unworkable long term without limiting suffrage to parents. Help solve the procreation problem, too. And this is because Elon had tweeted out, the childless have little stake in the future. And Elon agreed with him. All right, it's time for community mail time. Remember, you can share your stories, your photos, and videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. We love getting them. Here we go. Fred sent us this clip of a lucid air his car spotted in Los Altos, California. His car's doing the work for him. Brian spotted this Model S with the license plate charged up in New Jersey. Brian saw this Model 3 convertible driving around town. <laughs> I didn't get know the, you could get those. Get the saws all out. <laughs> Art sent us this photo of his Tesla owners club using their cars for hands-on courses for first responders on how to handle Teslas involved in crashes and fires. So is someone like donating their car to burn it up? And no, I think you just see, <laughs> show, them where to... show where the things are. Steve sent us these pictures of two converted Toyota Land Cruisers he spotted in Kenya while on safari. Nice. So you can quietly drive around the animals without disturbing them. Yeah. David found this Subaru Solterra in Portland, Oregon. Aaron spotted this all-electric FedEx truck making deliveries around Toronto, Canada. Wendell saw this shiny wrapped Model Y driving through Napa, California. I think we've seen this one many times. Chris sent us these pictures that he took of the Cybertruck while at the electrified cars and coffee event at the Peterson Automotive Museum. Benny spotted this Cadillac Lyric in San Diego, California. Mike spotted this electric garbage truck in Austria. Longtime subscriber Chris spotted this new supercharger going in on Ray Road and the 101 in Chandler, Arizona. And Chris spotted this Tesla service vehicle in the Blue Mountains in Australia. I didn't know about the Blue Mountains in Australia. I didn't know either. All right, it's time for supercharger reviews. Let's see what people have sent in. How's it going, Zach? Jesse, I go by Boff. We're still on our cross-country trip from California to Florida. We're here in Deming, New Mexico, and there's an eight-stall supercharger here. Not very tow friendly. There's probably some ways you can get creative here if you're towing something, but um, I, I wouldn't recommend it too much. Uh, but there's plenty of spots to ditch your haul, so I ditched my trailer here. 
and uh, of course it's a gas station so they've got plenty of goodies in in the restroom and stuff inside so that's a thumbs up so for a tesla that is not towing i would rate this a seven out of ten and for one that is towing i'd rate this a six out of ten now you know hey zach and jesse i'm here at the kettleman supercharger uh there were 27 chargers when we pulled in here that were available as you can see there's a lot of chargers here Got a lot of stations over here too to supply the power. Up the hill there you have an In-N-Out burger. Over there you got a McDonald's. I don't know what that uh, seashell looking thing's for anymore. Or that gill thing that's in blue. At any rate, you also got this uh, Bravo Farms where you can hang out for a little while, kill some time. Got a little bit of a walk to get to all these things. No shade, but uh, not very bad. Uh, when we got here, they said that we had to only charged to 80% because of the charger's high usage, which is not a good thing when you don't see that much usage. 27 available when pulled up. So anyway, that's the Cattleman Supercharger. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse. This is Jeff in Niigata, Japan. I'm here at the four-stall Supercharger location inside the Niigata Prefectural Sports Park. This is a huge sports complex that includes two stadiums. The chargers are in parking lot P3 near the baseball stadium. As you enter this parking lot, the chargers will be just ahead on your right. Besides the four superchargers, there are also four destination chargers. A one minute walk from here will get you to some vending machines, a super clean bathroom, and some picnic tables. And there's also a huge field where you can kick a ball around if you like. Besides the lack of somewhere to eat within walking distance, this location has most of your basic needs covered. I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Now you know. Hi Zach and Jesse, Art Shalik here at the 12 stall 250 kilowatt supercharger in Warsaw, North Carolina just north of Wilmington off of 24 and 40 in the uh, parking lot of a Smithfield's Chicken Barbecue. There's the McDonald's with restrooms across the street when that place isn't open and also a hotel and several other uh, fast food options in the area. No shopping, so uh, I'll give this a 7 out of 10. Now you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. Um, if you don't know where you can find them, you can find them over on our website, nowyouknowchannel.com. Um, there we have a map where you can see all the Supercharger Reviews and you can upload your own. All right, Jesse, are you ready for multiple pages of Superchargers? We've got to get through this fast. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Number 140 in South Korea is the six stall in Seoul. Number 22 in Tennessee is the 24 stall in Saverville, Tennessee. The eight stall at Mount Vernon in Illinois. Number 25 in Minnesota is the 12 stall in Marshall, Minnesota. Number 50 in Maryland is the eight stall in Brandywine, Maryland. The 12 stall in Santa Barbara, California. The eight stall at Spartanburg, South Carolina. Number 51 in Illinois is the 12 stall in Champaign. The eight stall at Broadview Heights in Ohio. Number 32 in Ohio is the eight stall in Broadview Heights at Great Lakes Service Plaza, Ohio. The 16 stall in Denver at Tower Road, Colorado. The eight stall in Offenburg, Germany. Number 23 in Missouri is the eight stall in St. Louis at Riverview Drive, Missouri. Number 14 in Delaware is the 8th stall in Georgetown. The 20th stall at Carcassonne, France. Number 46 in Massachusetts is the 12th stall in Framingham. Number 24 in Burbank at North Victory Boulevard, California. 
Number 16 in Louisiana is the 12 stall in Sulphur, Louisiana. The 16 stall at Fort Worth at East Chase Parkway, Texas. The 8 stall in Clearwater in Florida. Number 137 in Florida is the 16 stall at Jacksonville at City Center Boulevard. The 12 stall in Nanaimo, North Island Highway, British Columbia. The 12 stall in San Ardo, California. The 8 stall in Sugarland, Texas. The 8 stall in Ornez, Norway. The 12 stall in Nantes, France. The 12 stall in Holdorf, Germany. Number 27 in South Carolina is the 8 stall in North Augusta. The 4 stall in Takorozawa, Japan. The 8 stall in Toyota, Japan. The 8 stall at Takatsuki, Japan. The 4 stall in Lida, Japan. The 6 stall in Taipei at NTU Stadium, Taiwan. Number 16 in Israel is the 8 stall in Petatikva. Number 74 in Sweden is the 20 stall at Kalmar at Giraffen, Sweden. Number 31 in Connecticut is the 12 stall in Fairfield. Number 58 in North Carolina is the 12 stall at Larenburg. Number 129 in Texas is the 15 stall in Fairfield, Texas. Number 14 in Montana is the 12 stall at St. Regis, Montana. Number 189 in California is the 12 stall in Ventura. The 12 stall at Mendeleu La Napole, France. The 16 stall in Limoug, France. The 3 stall in Xi'an, China. The 6 stall in Radapel, Germany. The 12 stall in Hjerken, Norway. Number 110 in Norway is the 8 stall in Svolver, Norway. Number 38 in Colorado is the 8 stall in Boulder at 28th Street, Colorado. Number 189 in Canada is the 12 stall in Surrey, British Columbia. Number 180 in Germany is the 8 stall in Schirling, Germany. Number 79 in Japan is the 8 stall in Tokyo. Number 33 in Michigan is the 12 stall at Battle Creek, Michigan. Number 21 in Denmark is the 16 stall in Maribo. Number 79 in Taiwan is the 6 stall at New Taipei. Number 32 in Austria is the 8 stall in Hartburg. Number 32 in Nevada is the 12 stall at Las Vegas at Paradise Road, Nevada. Number 27 in Wisconsin is the 8 stall in Prairie du Chien, Wisconsin. Number 7 in Thailand is the 11 stall at Bangkok, Thailand. Number 56 in Spain is the 12 stall in Malaga, Spain. Number 151 in France is the 12 stall at Caen, France. The 3 stall in Dongguan, China. The 6 stall at Guangzhou, China. And number 1731 in China, number 5261 in the world is the 3 stall in Zhangjing Sheraton Hotel, China. Wow. We hit 5,000 just a few weeks ago. I know. It's insane how fast they're building. Now we're a quarter of the way to 6,000. Yeah. This Nax network, man. Yeah. Crazy. It's fast growing. Hey, thanks for watching all the way through the show. It's my mom and dad's birthday this week, your grandparents. I just want to say thank you, mom and dad, for being the best parents in the world. It was your love of me and all things scientific and reading to me as a child and traveling with me around the world that made me the curious person who I am today. So happy birthday, mom and dad. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Now you know. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.